Praise the Lord. Uh, today, I want to start a discussion. You know, we are living in a generation where the world is so strange to proper, so, so strange. It is so far from the things we call proper. Say amen. And I want to start with a very dangerous statement that I can own any day and I can debate any day. And the statement is, if anything is contrary to the word of God, it's not true, no matter how appealing it is. And why I say that, I don't say that because I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor, you know what was his to say. No, 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 no. I don't say that because of that. I say that because the Bible is the oldest book. The Bible is actually not a book, it's a library of books, you know that. You know what I mean? But the Bible is even deeper than true. The Bible is the lens with which we wear truths. The Bible is a foundational book where other books based to build whatever they build as arguments. Somebody say amen. Every book you've ever read came from the Bible. It either came from the misunderstanding of the Bible or the true understanding of the Bible, but it came from the Bible. And that's the truth. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Non-Christian critics will tell you this. Non-Christian will tell you this. You know what I'm talking about. So, you take the word of God very seriously. This is why you should know that if you understand the scriptures, if you understand the Bible, if you are to give yourself to understanding anything, give yourself to understanding the word of God, you will be above anybody because science is not even a thousand years old. You know what I'm talking about? Science is a grandchild of the Bible. Do you get what I'm talking about? Science is not against the Bible if it's genuine science. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's because people read the Bible and then discovered some scientific things in the Bible. You get it? Then they came up with things in the Bible to explain them scientifically. You know what I'm saying? So, the Word of God is that serious. And for those of you that are not serious when you're reading it, please be more serious and more deliberate because it's the basis of truth. Say amen. But now, I have a problem in our generation today. We have a lot of information. Everybody is free to talk. You can open your YouTube channel and start giving counseling about anything. Everybody is talking whatever they want to talk about. Everybody is abusing whoever they want to abuse it. Information is everywhere. You're getting me? Now, the information is too much. But then, when you sit back to weigh the weight of the information out there, you realize it's kind of not weighty enough. To build lives. You're getting me? So we have a generation, you know, there was a pathological idea that came, I think, in the early 60s or late 50s that criticized how children of those days were raised. You're getting me? And then the parents of those days were advised to change how they raised their children. And of course, we agree that there are few adjustments we need to make in how we do things compared to the older generations. But then sometimes we don't carry enough understanding to know what to get out and what to live in. You know what I'm talking about. So today we have a problem. For example, we complain about our young people, how they don't want to work, how they are lazy, how they are everything. But you see, it goes back to us who raised them. You're getting it's us who raised them that way. So we have a generation that preaches things like somebody will open a YouTube channel and then say motivate people. And then they will say things like, oh, it's important you be happy. If you are anywhere and you're not happy, leave. It's not in the Bible. Is it in the Bible? The Bible never said that. Praise the Lord. The word self-esteem is not in the Bible. Did you know that? 
the Bible asks us to esteem others, not self. Somebody shout amen. So you're saying you're hurting my self-esteem. Come on. The Bible told us to highly esteem others. The Bible says treat others as more important than yourself. That's what the Bible said. It didn't say make sure you got your self-esteem. So I need my self-esteem. I need to have self-esteem. So there are even videos on how to guard your self-esteem. There are videos on how to have self-esteem. There are videos on how to... Come on. Where do we get that? You know what I'm talking about? So we are teaching about be happy. If you're somewhere and you're not happy, leave. If you're doing something that is not making you happy, leave it. So it's kind of telling us that the pursuit of happiness is where we find the meaning of life, the fulfillment of life. You get it me? So with that kind of understanding, we have raised a generation that cannot endure anything. And because they cannot endure anything, they cannot achieve much. You know what I'm talking about? They are not tough enough to achieve. They are not tough enough to have the results they ought to have according to the potential God put in their lives. Because ah, they have to be happy. Everything has to be on their side. Everything has to be. And if anything is not the way they want it to be, they are not happy. And if they are not happy, they are giving up. They are leaving it. They are doubting. It's fake now. Who knows what I'm talking about? But I want to tell you that you didn't grow up happy all the time. But you're glad that you grew up. So life is not about happiness. Somebody say, man, what fulfills life is not how happy you are. It's how meaningful your life is. And what gives your life meaning is the wisdom that builds the light of God upon your life to illuminate other lives. Let me tell you, your life is as meaningful as how many people's burdens you lighten. Somebody say, man. But it seems to me, it's not yet clear to me that there is another way, that is a better way to achieve greatness, to achieve a place of having impact when we are going to avoid pain. When we, <laughs> when we are going to avoid suffering. Praise the Lord. So we are preaching things. Somebody one time told me, I found church so tough, so I chose to listen. So I'm on a YouTube channel and I listen to, he called them what? Gurus. And, and I'm like, how can you live listening to a pastor and you listen to a motivational speaker? You know what I'm talking about? So our people are always, they are deceived that there is an easier way. It's not there. Don't be deceived. It's not there. Let me tell you something. The problem we have is that it's in the character of greatness to always make their results seem effortless. It seems like, I mean, Jesus just woke up and he said, heal, and they were healed. 5,000 came. He was abused by the Pharisees. Somebody say amen. He was hated by his own. One time his mom and brothers called him mad. It's in the scriptures. Somebody say amen. No, 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 no. Don't be deceived. Everywhere you see results, understand there is a fighting spirit right there. Somebody shout amen. Because when I read the Bible, nothing seems to agree with those interesting ideas of men. 
You're getting me? Pursue happiness. No, 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 no. You will be empty. Pursue happiness as much as you want to. It will leave you empty. Why? You're as empty as the few people you've touched. The more people you touch in this life, the more fulfilled you become. And there is a price to the souls of men. There is a price for God to grant you influence, power over men. There is a price to eat. There is a training to eat. There is a sacrifice to eat. There is a discipline to eat. Somebody say amen. So we live a life where we are so disciplined. So many people come to me and they ask me, Apostle, everybody is having life an easy way. Why am I the one? Why are my things always complicated? <laughs> All of our things are complicated. Somebody shout amen. So what did you think? You thought you're going to get married and the devil claps. Ooh, ah, ah. He has to put up a fight. Because your marriage is even deeper than you getting married. Your marriage is deeper than you having children. God is raising a mother to a generation. That mother has to endure certain things. That mother has to see certain things and keep quiet. That mother has to experience certain toughnesses. You're getting me? And still put up a fight to stay. Somebody shout amen. You know, we have many young people. I don't want to work for anybody. And I agree, if God gives you an idea that can build this world, well and good. You're getting me? But some of you, you need to work for certain people. You're getting me? To be trained. Gamba Amina. <laughs> Who knows what I'm talking about? You need that tough boss. You need those unfair co-workers. Don't you? Uh-huh. Praise the Lord. And you know, some people resigned so early. Why did you resign? I wasn't happy. So, why are you going to get married to this guy? He makes me very happy. <laughs> we are pastors. We counsel people. Everybody who made that decision for that reason is looking for us today. You're better than that. Say amen. Let me tell you something. The emptiness you're struggling with the fight in your heart is a fight of the vision of God upon your life. Desiring to come out. Somebody say amen. No matter how much happy you will become, you will stay empty if this thing doesn't come out. You see what I'm talking about? And for this thing to come out, sometimes you will need to suffer with people. You will need to suffer with circumstances. You're getting me? We need to raise a generation of Christians who can fight who have an attitude that is too terrible to the devil? Somebody say amen. Because it seems to me that God has no other way. I will tell you. He gets a young man. He anoints him to become king over Israel. Woo! Praise the Lord. He didn't look for the anointing. The anointing looked for him. Praise God. And the young man beats Goliath. Woo! And we didn't know that God was setting him up. <laughs> he was setting him up for Saul. Are you getting me? And Saul starts to pursue that boy as though God doesn't see. As though God doesn't see that that boy is what? Innocent. Who is getting what I'm talking about? And in that pursuit is the refining of the man's character. In that pursuit... You see, some of you care more about your status than your character. God is more interested in your character, not your status. To God, it's not even important that you come out of that situation. To God, it's important that you mature out. 
Somebody say amen. To God, it's important that whether it lives today or tomorrow, your character is refined enough to handle the next glory of your life. Somebody say amen. So we see Joseph. We see everything he goes through. And God has a bigger mind for the boy. Somebody say amen. And the list is endless. God wants to make Jacob, the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. But you see, he has to take him under a man called Laban. Not many of us can handle the Laban experience. Not many of us can stay under Laban until God asks us to leave. Who knows what I'm talking about? Because we're in a generation of make sure you're happy. There is no man that he's not married, that he's looking for someone to make happy. Neither is there a woman who is there, but I'm so fulfilled, I'm looking for someone to make what? To add to. You're all in the business of looking for the right one, not in the business of making yourselves the right ones. You're getting me? So don't even be deceived. Are you getting me? In other words, everybody weighs you by the capacity at which you can handle their baggage. Somebody say amen. No, 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 no. Nobody's burying you to make you happy. No, no, no. Why are you a helper? You're a helper because <laughs> I have a lot of things to deal with, you know. And then we reach marriage and then your relevance has come and then you want to come out because the marriage is too complicated. This man is not sitting. Where way? Stay there. Because you went there to help. Somebody say amen. I said say Amen. The beauty God is putting on you is way bigger than attracting a man to make you happy. It is a responsibility. Are you getting me? How will you teach other young ladies? How will you teach women in your generation when you've not seen certain things? Let me tell you, your power to fight, the history of your victories qualifies you, qualifies your voice when it comes to encouraging others. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout amen. So we want to raise a generation of fighters. We want to raise a generation that looks at suffering in the face and despises it. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You despise misery. You despise pain. Why? You tell God, I don't know what you're up to, but the fact that I'm going through this, you're seeking for something in me that doesn't have to be there and I'm ready to let it go as long as I find it. Somebody shout amen. Not because I want to be a good person, but because I want to live your dream for my life. Somebody say hallelujah. So you put up. Some of you, you are at your workplaces and uh, the pressures are too much, but you don't have muscle. Ah, somebody, eh? tell your neighbor you have muscle. Are you getting me? They exert that pressure, you keep your character. They exert that pressure, you keep your temperature. Are you getting me? Because you're way bigger than that salary. You're way bigger than the comforts of that job. Are you getting me? You're looking at the bigger picture. You're looking at the responsibility. Because let me tell you somebody. We are all preachers of the gospel. But there are people God has allotted to you. I don't know where they are, but they are there. There are people to whom your testimony matters. There are people to whom it's your story that will make sense to them. 
Mm. No matter how many times I give my story, they are like, ah, ah, apostle, me, 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 I'm not like you. Nenda, when you stand and give your story, it will be a very devastating thing if you gave up in the middle that your story was not complete. Let me tell you, it does not end with pain. It does not end with suffering. It does not end with disappointments. It doesn't end there. Somebody say amen. You grow weaker. You become timid. You give in. I want to talk to someone. You're always in the business of talk to someone. You're always in the business of I need an encouragement. Wait, wait. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. It was safer for David to stay home and take care of sheep. Maybe we wouldn't have known his name. If you're to have a footstep in the sons of greatness, Sebo Nyabu, you have to face this. Somebody say amen. <laughs> one of those days, we are talking with one of the men of God in the ministry. And then, he said something that sent me thinking. Uh, we're talking about something. I think we're talking about how we are raised and so on and so forth. And then he said something like, if your father's voice was not loud a certain way in his house, you're getting me? Your judgments have an issue. You're getting me? And uh, for me, this is me really. I think that voice can be anywhere. You're getting me? It doesn't even need to be a physical father. You're getting me? And actually what I've discovered that that voice can even be in your mother. You're getting me? But some of our young people even intimidate their parents. She may commit suicide. Don't talk to her like that. Don't. <laughs> oh. Mommy, are you okay? Your mother is calling you, mommy. What's up with you? Oh, mommy. Are you okay? Mommy, did you eat? You're going to meet a world that doesn't know you as mommy. And you may want to give up on life. Who is getting what I'm talking about? Let me tell you that truth. You hurt the world a great deal every time you look at yourself in this life as a victim, as a weakling, as somebody who has nothing to offer to it. You hurt it so much. Amen. You're not made for improvement. You're not made for motivation. You're not made for, I need some encouragement. You're made to give encouragement. Somebody say amen. So you run away from the voice that establishes judgment in your life because it was too tough. You're not a fighter. You're rebuked. You understand your error. Keep your character and stay at work. I mean, huh? and stay composed. Do you know the words they told me today? They told me once, if you ever hear them, you will die. And then you hear the words and you're like, <laughs> Kali. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I was giving you examples. So you, who is your example? Samson never had training. All he had was the gift. The woman destroyed him. You know what I'm talking about? Look at the boys of David. The Bible says, in Kings, the Bible says, and because their father had never displeased them. That's what the Bible says in Kings. 
because their father had never displeased them because they were goodly to look upon. You're getting me? The man lost almost all of them. Even the boy that remained blew up the inheritance. Do you know what I'm talking about? Adam was just found in the garden to enjoy. He blew it up. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So God started to build another pattern. So today I was telling Christians that when you study the life of Jesus Christ, it has two parts. Someone say, uh-huh. It has the part of what he did for you. Somebody say, amen. I agree he died for you. I agree. I agree he took away your sins. I agree. That's the gospel. I mean, but it has a second part. His life was an example that you should follow in his footsteps. And uh, sometimes we've not handled that fairly sometimes. You're getting me? But Jesus' life to you was an example. God appears to Abraham and he tells you, your descendants will go into captivity. And I'm asking God, why don't you stop that? They will go into captivity for 400 years. That's too much time to suffer. Look at, and God tells him, and then God appears to Moses and he tells him, ah, I've had my children sighing by reason of bondage and I've come down to send you to rescue them. Ah, amen, hallelujah, they are getting out. Woo! And then there are only two ways to God. There are only two ways from captivity into the promised land. You know them, don't you? The way of the Philistine, which has war, or the way of the wilderness. And wilderness, you know. To God, it seems like those were the only two ways. And they either had to have muscle to fight the Philistines and get there earlier, or they had to take the longer route. But either ways had misery in them. Praise the Lord. And then, <laughs> when you study the scriptures, because they were weaker, God chose to take them <laughs> the less scary, harder way. Are you getting me? But it stayed hard. And now when it takes them in the wilderness, now you start to realize why they couldn't just leave from the land of bondage into the promised land. Now you see their character, you see their attitude, you see their thinking, you see how they respond to things and you realize God had a lot to deal with before these people can enjoy a certain kind of liberty. And the same with many of us. Did you know that many of us, if we received everything we wanted, when we wanted it, many of us would be dead. Praise the Lord. That God kept you by making you wait. Somebody say hallelujah. God helped you. So you start to see this time they are rebelling against Moses. The other time they are murmuring against each other. The other time they are quarreling about that. and they, they, You know what I'm talking about. And then you start to realize that this kind of character would not work with the liberty that comes in there promised land. So God has to deal with them here. Now, it opens my eyes to the reality that many of the things we are going through, it's not even about the things, it's not even about us. It's about the character, the heart that God is building for the next level of glory, for the next level of greatness. Somebody say amen. So you learn to put up with a few things. You learn to be okay with a few discomforts. Comfort will kill your life. It's not important that you're comfortable. It's important that you're fruitful. Praise the Lord. 
let me tell you, comfort. That's what the governments of today, governments all around the world of today are suffering with. They have cushioned the people from any kind of pressure. You're getting me? That with anything, people just have to get sticks and what? Riot. And sometimes you look at the things they are rioting about and you're like, uh, brother, actually, if you took responsibility of your life, you wouldn't need that help. You know what I'm talking about? You get what I'm talking about? So you look at the children of Israel and you realize that actually they were not yet ready for the liberty God wanted them to have. So he takes them through the wilderness. <laughs> and in the wilderness, they mama against Moses and when they do, snakes come and snakes start to bite them and they are dying and then the people cried unto the Lord. Numbers 21. The people cry unto the Lord and the Lord tells Moses, interesting, that make a bosom serpent and lift it up on a pole that whoever is bitten by a serpent should look at that serpent and they should be healed. And for me, it became so interesting when the Lord starts to open my eyes to the reality that the man is bitten by a serpent by that, it's real that he's too scared of that serpent. But God is telling him, when you're bitten by that serpent, look at a serpent, you will be okay. The venom in the serpent won't have power over you. You will be fine. And then we don't understand it. And then Jesus comes in John chapter 3 and he says that as Moses lifted up the present serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. And whoever believes shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Somebody say, uh-huh. And I told you, there is a part of that that was done for us. Say amen. And there is a part of that that was done for our example. So Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, that here unto where we come, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his footsteps. You know, you see what that means? That we don't only celebrate the death of Jesus Christ as a death for us, but also as a pattern for us. That the way the man could have the impact he wanted to have, the impact, the Bible says that, uh -huh, 22, who did not see, neither was guile found in his mouth, uh-huh, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Uh -huh. Who bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead unto sin may live unto righteousness by whose stripes are him. This is what I want to show you. The Bible says Jesus was innocent and he suffered as a sinner. The first part was that he did it for us. The second part is that, First Peter 2, 21 says, he did it as an example for us to follow in his footsteps. In other words, the cross of Jesus Christ ought to encourage us that it does not end in shame. But also that I should take it patiently. Somebody say amen. The Bible says, though he was a son, he learned obedient by the things he suffered. And now the scriptures say that in that he suffered, he's able to succor them that are tempted. Are you getting me? So you need to understand this child of God, that God wants you to have a muscle that despises pain, a muscle that despises suffering, a muscle that despises disappointments, a muscle that despises the things men of this world faint at. 
What's the Christian attitude towards suffering? What's the Christian attitude toward misery? When you're rejected, what do you do? You give up. No, you don't. It's part of the package. Somebody say amen. Because some of you, you can only trust God after a certain rejection. I say that already. And God is building you. God is working in you. He's preparing a voice for the world. Are you getting me? And to God, it's important that your heart be sanctified a certain way. That your heart be purified a certain way. That's why you will have to wait. Musician, you may have to wait. But I think nicely, you may have to wait. Because to Samson, the gift was not enough. Are you getting me? The gift may need some little bit of pan of beating. You're getting me? I told you, if you mind so much about character than your status, you will realize that there are too many things you can put up with for God to do the work he must do in your life. The Bible says, let patience have its perfect work in you. He says, when you're going through diverse temptations, he says, rejoice, don't cry about it, rejoice. Hallelujah. He said, rejoice. Be excited. Why? When those things come like that, God is checking your heart. He's weighing your response. And before you know it, people want to hear your story. Everybody who opted for the easier way out lost it. Everybody who opted for the easier way out, their story never made it in the books of history. Are you getting me? So you learn to fight. You learn to be patient. And okay. You don't wait complaining. You don't wait whining. I'm not happy. Praise the Lord. Look, child of God, by the time you're here, You've beaten so many things that what came is just a joke. But then many people start to give up. Many people start to give in. Many people start to faint. Many people, apostle me, when they did this, I knew it's over. So I just left. I, 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 praise the Lord. <laughs> you expected the devil to congratulate you? Ooh, Kongs, Kongs, I'm happy for you. Ah, uh ah. -uh. He picks it up from there. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. So you learn to fight. You learn to have an attitude. The Bible says about Jesus, Hebrews chapter 12, look at this. He says, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily besetteth us, and let us run with patience. You run with what? Patience. The race that is set before you. The race set before you is the responsibility upon your spirit. It is the grace to touch your generation in the way you must. That's the race set before you. The Bible says that when you're doing that, when you're running that, you run it with patience. And he said, you take the example of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says about Jesus Christ, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The Bible says, who for the joy that was set before him and knew at the cross. Hey! 
Did you see that? He says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The joy set before you is the fulfillment of that vision upon your life. The joy set before you is the maturation of that vision of God upon your life. The joy set before you is the manifestation of that dream. Unlike Jesus endure the cross, you must endure the challenges that come with it. You must endure the trials that come with it. You must endure the obstacles that stand in your way. And look at them with a fighting attitude. Look at them with a victor's attitude. Look at them and tell them, I'm bigger than you think. Christians are not supposed to look like, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. Calling mommy is easier. Are you getting me? Calling happy is easier. Calling, uh, don't call, don't. Are you getting me? You even tell God, Mukama Tomutasa Yeresa And you teach the devil lesson he will never forget. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Bible says he endured the cross. Uh, uh, you endure that rejection. Somebody say amen. You endure that disappointment. You endure that betrayal. You endure. Are you getting me? You don't start sending silly messages. You are all I have. Please don't. What fool? Praise the Lord. The Bible says when Jesus suffered, he committed himself to him that judges righteously. That's your job. Lord, with everything I'm going through, I'm committed to you. I know it is well with me. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you are specialists in rehearsing what the devil is doing in your life. Become a specialist in rehearsing what God has done in your life. That's where the power is. That's where the testimony is. Somebody shout amen. So the Bible says he endured the cross. He despised shame and is now set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Philippians tells us that he got a name above every other name, but he didn't get it like God came bringing it. He had to become man. Somebody say, Ay. Praise the Lord. Sometimes you're going to be humbled. I'm not even saying you're going to deliberately humble yourself. You're going to be humbled. <laughs> and God will get shocked that you got offended. And then you'll ask him, did you see what they did to your child? And he will say, I liked it. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Have an attitude that can put up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up so early. Don't change your words. Don't change your confessions. Uh, uh, life is, uh, it has become tough. It will always be tough. It never gets easier. It never gets easier. Don't even be deceived. Praise the Lord. The higher you go, the more you will attack it. Somebody say amen. So <coughs> you just toughen up. 
praise God. Hello? 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 Hello for who? Praise the Lord. Chokarit, I've called your phone four times. You call God. <laughs> Praise God. He's always available. Are you getting me? So, he endured the cross. He despised shame. And is now set on the right hand of the throne of God. So what am I trying to say? I'm saying it's well with you. No matter what's happening around you, it is well with you. You are actually on the right track. Just toughen it a little bit. Praise the Lord. And I was telling people that when God stars such thoughts in me, our Father always comes to my mind. If we've learned so much from Him, one of the things we've learned is how he fights. If you want to be delivered from a victim mentality, you just come to Fanero. Praise the Lord. You just come and you see for yourself. Amidst persecutions, amidst abuses, amidst diverse attacks, the man stays on track. The man stays preaching. Hey! Are you getting me? So, for me, he's a typical apostle. Because when you read the scriptures, the things synonymous with apostles have nothing to do with them. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 4, he says, but in all things are proving ourselves as ministers of the gospel in much patience, in affliction, in necessity, in distresses. And the list goes on. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. But I've seen that man's character. Consistent. How he deals with the weak. How he deals with enemies. How he deals with haters. How he deals with wars. How he deals, you know. Oh. If you want to give up, may his testimony inspire you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I will tell you that man is a foundation. His story is foundation. There are not many that have suffered like him. And endured. Praise God. Not many have suffered like him and endured. Not many have put up like him. You're getting me? Panero is not a fruit of some excited people who got cameras and lights. Uh-uh. All these servants of God seated here have stories. If they open their bodies, you will see marks of the gospel. Are you getting me? We are not preaching because everything has been happening the way we want it. And woo! That spirit is in us. I have seen how he serves. 
I have seen how he sacrifices. I have seen the discipline he lives with. You're getting me? I see these things every day and certain things are hard. You're getting me? The responsibility, the wisdom with which he carries, the sensitivity with which he guards the responsibility upon his life is too scary. How he pushes himself away from the liberties available that he may serve you better. There is a gentleman, you know, he comes to Panero, but he's those guys who like Panero, but not really yet Panero, Panero. So he told me, oh, your apostle one way, man, that guy, I fear him. I'm like, okay. When he's preaching, he preaches as though he's contending for your soul. He's fighting for your soul to leave one place to another place. I said, what a description. Hallelujah. I could agree to what he was saying. And having the voice God has given him, ladies and gentlemen, came at a price. It came at a sacrifice. Hallelujah. So, the Lord Jesus you follow believes that certain things may not go well, but that shouldn't stop you. So does your father. So you have no excuse. So the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, it says, don't cast away your confidence for it has a great recompense of reward. Somebody say, amen. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't change your words. Don't give up so early. He says that spirit that insists receives a great reward. He says, if we hold on to our confidence, we become partakers of Christ. Are you getting me? You should be strong because you have need of patience. It's important that you be patient. He says, because after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. And sometimes the will of God is finishing your trial. Is finishing your test. Because that test came to accomplish a certain thing in your heart. It came to accomplish a certain thing in your character. So that you can have a character that can handle greatness. So that you can have a character that can handle the liberties of the spirit. Somebody say amen. So he says, you have need of patience. But how long apostle? You have need of patience. When will it come? You have need of patience. Remember, James said, let patience have its perfect work in you. Don't rush out. Praise the Lord. Actually, some of you, this is wisdom for you. If you're going through something, don't even ask God to get you out. Ask him, what is it dealing with in me? May the Lord open your eyes to what it's dealing with in you. That's more important than coming out. Say amen. So he says you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Uh -huh. Then he says, for yet a little while and he that shall come will come. Tell your neighbor, he says, yet a little while and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. In other words, he will come through. Jesus is our example. 
Praise the Lord. He didn't stay on the cross. He didn't stay in the grave. No. So, what empowers you? 38 says, now the just shall live by faith. <laughs> Do you know faith? Faith despises everything contrary to the word of God and holds on to the word of God. Somebody say amen. Faith doesn't ask, what about this? What about that? But they say, no. Faith holds on to what God said. So no matter what you're going through, you don't complain. What did God say? What did God promise? What did God communicate to you? What's the mind of God? You see, I wanted to be in choir because I have a good voice, but when I went there, they told me I should wait. So I what? I left. <laughs> be patient. Faith believes that your day will come. I was telling people in the morning that sometimes I'm disturbed when I hear the things or the reasons as to why people leave ministries. I mean the real things, not what they claim, but the real things. Because some also lie. <laughs> God told me to leave. Where is the fruit of your living? If you left, you should have fruit that you left. Say amen. Say amen. So he says, the just shall live by faith. You put on faith. You fight in faith. You be strong in faith. You be courageous. You refuse to faint. You refuse to believe that this is going to be forever. And faith is not passive. You don't just be there. You say something to the atmosphere. You say something to that situation. Apostle, for how long? Until your soul is converted. God promises that he will never have pleasure in him that draws back. God cannot be excited if you left your vision, if you disconnected because you were disappointed, if you disconnected because you didn't receive what you expected. Amen. Amen. Be tough. When you expected to sing and you don't sing, come early that day and prepare for those who are going to sing with a very excited voice, with a very excited attitude. I'll even come late. <laughs> You're not a fighter. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Learn to encourage yourself. Because if you don't meet God in the laws of life, you understand what I mean? He won't have you when you go up and you may finish badly. Amen? I said amen. So you put up courage. You put up a fight. You say, I can take this patiently. So, happiness becomes a choice, not a pursuit. Responsibility becomes the pursuit. 
Somebody say amen. So, can you fight? Are you confident enough to fight? You don't need self-esteem. My self-esteem was damaged. Where do you get that in the Bible? Praise the Lord. Let them say whatever they want to say. Deal with your heart. Give God your heart. Are you getting me? It's the making of the beautiful. I want you to raise your voice right now and say something to the atmosphere. Say something to yourself. Say something to that situation. That mark of distinction you want on your life. Sometimes it comes through such circumstances. Your attitude in such circumstances matters a lot. Come on. Say something. Shele Prokori Barade. You cannot be destroyed. You're just being tried for your next level. You're just being tried for your next responsibility. You're just being tried for the next glory of your life. Be encouraged. Be lifted today. 
Say amen. And if you're sick in your body, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke every spirit of infirmity. I command it out of your body, out of your mind, out of your thoughts, out of your heart, out of your bones, out of your blood, in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive the strength right now to walk, to exercise, to do what you couldn't do before, in the name of Jesus. God is your strength. God is your strength. You cannot be depressed. You cannot be confused. I stop those voices that speak failure to you. In the name of Jesus. You have a sound mind. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You're not timid. You're strong in the Lord because you know your God. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we have prayed. Somebody say amen. So before we close our service, we would like to give an opportunity to those that have not yet gotten born again. If you're here and you've not yet given your life to Jesus Christ, say, Lord Jesus, today I believe that you died for my sins and you rose again for my justification. I confess you as the Lord of my life and the Savior of my soul. I am born again. I'm a child of God. Amen. Amen. 